We are blessed uh, to have uh, Brother Zeke Jezik. Uh, he's one of our missions intern. He is our missions intern right now, and we're thankful for him. Just a few more months, and he's going to be flying the coop, if you will. And so we're giving him some time to, uh, to preach and to continue to strengthen the skills that God has uh, given him. And so uh, tonight is going to be in Haggai chapter 2. And so uh, you want to get your Bible. It may take a little extra time to find it, but uh, we're thankful for him. It was a blessing last week, and we're looking forward to tonight. Thanks, Brother Zeke. God bless you. I don't know if you know, Pastor, but we have a lot of people in our church that's it's very encouraging. Um, to let you know, when I'm in the overseas and I'm going reaching people for Christ, it, all that work is for God, but you are a part of it. So as I listened to Dr. Jack's uh, kind words, I almost tear up. So I don't cry at my wedding. So you almost, almost make me cry. <laughs> so I want to begin with a little uh, fun story about the encouragement. And, uh, and so as a group of frogs were traveling through the woods, uh, two of them fell into a deep pit. When the other frog uh, crowded around the pit and saw how deep it was, and they told the two frogs that in there in the pit, uh, that there was no hope left for them. However, the two frogs decided to ignore what the others were saying, and they proceeded to try and to jump, uh, jump out of the pit. Despite the effort, the group of frogs at the top of the pit were still saying that they should give up and that they would never make it out. Now, eventually, one of the frogs uh, in the pit took the heed of, their, uh, of what the other frogs saying. Uh, they, he gave up, and he eventually died. But, however, the other frog continued to uh, jump, try as hard as he could. Uh, you all hit muscle, and again, the crowd of frogs above him yelled at him to stop because it's painful and to die. So he jumped even harder, and finally he made it out. When he got out, he, uh, the other frog said to him, Did you not hear us? Now the frog explained to them that uh, he was a hard of hearing. Um, he thought that they were encouraging him the whole time. So... So in life, we need encouragement, right? So at th throughout your life, you'll be discouraged, and you will need to be encouraged. Tonight, we will study of the second message, uh, which is uh, given 23 days after the first message we learned last week. And this message is a message of encouragement, and uh, it further studied you to continue to rebuild the temple. So if you turn your Bible to Haggai chapter 1, if you... Find it. Say amen. 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 Okay. Good. Good thing you marked from last week. Uh, so just a recap from last week. We have seen that the Israelites start to build, uh, rebuild the second temple, but due to their opposition from the neighbors around them, they abandoned the process. But then uh, we studied that God used the prophet of Haggai uh, to rebuke the, team, uh, the people of Israel and to show them that how they are have neglected the temple of God while they're living their life in a luxurious lives. So God tells them to consider their ways and get them to uh, call to rebuild the temple. And they have experienced the drought, the lack of food due to their disobedience. They have, uh, they realize that and they have to reorganize their priority. And you see in verse 12 that the people obey the Lord and start rebuilding the temple. So tonight, let's read 
uh, Haggai chapter 1, verse 13, all the way to chapter 2, verse 9, and it said, Then spake Haggai the Lord messenger in the Lord messages uh, unto the people, saying, I am with you, said the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, and the high, uh, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnants of the people. And they came and did work in the, in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. In the four and twentieth days of the sixth month, and the second year of Darius the king. In the se- verse 1 on chapter 2. In the seventh month, in the one that and twentieth day in the, the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of uh, Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw the house in her first glory? How do you see it now? Is it not uh, in your eye in comparison uh, of it as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and the works, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when ye come out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heaven and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake the uh, all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, and saith the Lord of hosts, and this place will give you peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's pray and ask God to bless this message. The Father, Lord, uh, thank you for your word, and thank you for your word that's never changed. And uh, be with uh, me tonight as I uh, teach your word, Lord. Help uh, that uh, everything come out of my mouth that uh, is from you. And uh, I thank you for uh, everything you have done for me, Lord. And that I ask you, uh, your Holy Spirit, to come to motivate these people tonight uh, to open their heart to help people to be encouragers. And everything in your name, Lord. Amen. Right, so the Israel uh, lights had uh, the new awe for God as they pondered the significance of their past disobedience, as we studied last week. Um, they, they have self-centeredness, and their new sense of obedience is to divine priorities. So they get their priorities straight. Now they are ready to go back to work and rebuild the temple. So we, are, we, we established last week that our body is God's holy temple. And therefore, we must work hard to continue to build it every day so that we don't abandon it. So, as these passages, there are three times that God encouraged the people of Israel. And as the Israelites carrying out the obedience to rebuilding the temple, God telling them a message of encouragement. So, the first, first message that uh, we carry out when they, uh, God gave them the encouragement when they carry out the obedience. So the people are working uh, hard as they rebuild the temple, can lock down the mountain, probably in 100 degree heat, um, sweating. Maybe they are starting to want to give up because you don't want to work in the heat all the time. So God spoke through the prophet Haggai to encourage them in verse 13 and said, 
Then spake Haggai the Lord messenger in the Lord message unto the people, saying, I am with you, said the Lord. Isn't it good that when God promised that he be with us? God told the people of Israel that he is with them. And now this assurance of his divine enablement guarantee that they succeed as they continue to obey the Lord. God encouraged them to finish the temple, and I'm glad that he said he with us in the Bible. So as we live on in our life, as we grow up, uh, from teenager to adult, and we from adult to run the, uh, the rest of your race, and we race toward the finish line, we will get tired sometime, and you want to give up. Everyone going to face it, don't lie. Everyone going to do it. Everyone want to give up sometime in their life. Like God telling us that being a Christian is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. Um, so Satan will do everything that they, he can to discourage you and to see you fail. So when, when you fall, when Satan trips you, you fall. Everybody, everybody falls. So don't give up, though. Don't lay on the floor and just lay there and relax. You need to stand back up, open God's word, and simply apply it to yourself. Be encouraged by God's word. There are tons of food that can give you strength. There are tons of water that you can drink when you thirst. The most important thing is that you will find that God is near you. He is with us. Now, if you study the Bible, you can find many passages in the Bible that support this. For example, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. And then verse, 40, verse 5 said, Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. God continued to prove this. And when God is with us, we do, we do not have to fear we can walk through the valley of shadow of death. And Psalm 23, verse 4 said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, that rod and thy staff comfort me. Says, when God with us, we have nothing to fear. So God is our comforter and our refuge, and he will be there to help us when we need it. Psalm 46, verse 1 said, For is our refuge, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God, God reminded the people of Israel that he is there with them and they need to continue to work. So his word, encouragement, also give the people joy and the newfound strength to go back to work. So Haggai chapter 1 verse 14 and 15 said, And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sealtiel, Governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnants of people, and they came and did work in the house of the Lord, their God. And verse uh, 15 said, In the four and twentieth day of the sixth month, in the second year, of there is the king. So God is, has sovereignty moved the heart of Cyprus uh, 16 years earlier uh, to let the people of Israel go. When God stirred, uh, which means awakened, the heart of Zerubbabel and the heart of Joshua and the people, they will continue to work on the Lord. So in other words, God gives you an encouragement word which energizes the leaders and the people through uh, God's encouragement word to carry on the work to rebuild the temple. So 
uh, <clears throat> look, we don't have prophets like Haggai or any other prophet in the Bible. We have the Bible. We don't need prophets anymore. We get the Holy Word to tell us what to do. And if you don't know what to do, open, open your Bible. So if you want to see, if you uh, struggle, just pray and talk to God. So are you afraid what God had to say when you read his word? If you are afraid to see what God had to say about your life, now you need to take a step back and see what, what you are do, doing wrong. Is your temple of God abandoned? If so, we be encouraged in his word daily and read it and obey the Lord and your life will change. We see that all the Bible. I am glad that I can rest in Christ and renew my strength as I continue to labor in the Lord. Our disobedience will lead to God to withdraw his presence. However, our loving obedience with God will draw him closer. He will bless you and his words. Uh, he will bless you and his word will give you joy in, as you stay faithful in his will. We can see that here as we look at the work of the second temple. So, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 said, In the seventh month, in the, in the one and the twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now, Zerubbabel, the son of Sealtiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the residue of the people, saying, so let's let pause here and take a look at a time frame. So Judah, Judah was conquered in 586 B.C. and destroyed the Solomon Temple, which is called the First Temple. Now Cyprus conquered Babylon in 539 B.C. and he returned to Jew in 538 B.C. So the reconstruction of the temple began in 535 B.C. As we saw last week, the people were happy, but the elders were complaining. And then the temple is being abandoned in 530 B.C. Now, we are in 520 B.C. So 10 years later-ish, uh, the, the people of Israel finally going to do the restart of the restart of the rebuilding of the temple 15 years later. So with, with building operation in full swing and full force, the Lord gave another strong message of encouragement here. Especially to the, to the elder among them who are complaining and who has seen the original temple. The first message was to direct the leader, but this encouragement message also directly to the leader and the people. Even though the temple of Solomon was greater and prettier, the Lord urged the people to be courageous in reassuring them again that His presence, His faithfulness, and the promise of a greater temple in the future. So the Lord saw the unfavored comparisons of the temple. The, the, peop, the people who saw the first temple complained, said, that's not look good enough. It's not as big as Solomon temple. Why are we being so small? So those, those things that are uh, uh, discouraging the people who are working hard, so have, have you ever been around um, people who bring you down? They discourage you? It makes you don't want to work anymore, or it makes you don't want to continue to work the Lord's work. So the people were apparently making gradual 
with a harmful intention comparison between the restored temple and the glorious temple of Solomon. God seen the elder who was, who was alive back then, uh, who was young when the temple destroyed. He was nitpicking, and by their doing, bring all the people down. They, 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 what they're doing, discouraging the people. God is not pleased uh, with the people who are unhappy with God's work that laid it on them. God told Haggai in, in verse 3, just asking three questions. We'll, these three questions will bring their unfavorable uh, comparison to light. It will help them realize what they're doing wrong. So verse 3 said, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do ye see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of its as nothing? So um, many remains, perhaps even Haggai, there was a bunch of people before, when the temple destroyed with kids or young age. So when the temple destroyed, they, they know, they saw the, how the glory of the uh, first temple. Uh, some, some may, uh, with, with these three questions, the Lord drew attention to the fact that this temple was inferior to Solomon's temple. And you could read that in Ezra chapter 3, verse 8 to 13. So the people is not pleased with this second temple is being built. This caused many people to be discouraged by of lacking resources. It doesn't look as good. It doesn't look as shiny. Uh, therefore, it is not as fancy as Solomon's temple. And discouragement is one of the most used tools of Satan. Someone wrote this. The, the devil decided to have a, a garage sale. On the day of the sale, his tool was placed for a public inspection. Now, each being marked with the sale price. And there were treacherous lot of in, uh, implements. Hatred, envy, jealousy, deceit, lust, lying, pride, and so many more. But... They want to set apart from the rest. Uh, it's, it's, it was worn, but yet it very price. It's, it's, the price is very high. So a customer came up and asked, what is the name of this tool? Satan replied, that is discouragement. And the customer said, why are you pricing it so high? Satan replied, that it, because it is more useful to me than the, the others. I can't pry open and get inside a man's heart with that, even when I cannot get near him with all the tools. It is badly worn because I use it on almost everyone since so few people know it belongs to me. So when you, when you discourage people, you all become the tool of Satan. So when, when the work of God is currently working in your life, you are continuing to serve and as along all the believers in this congregation, I encourage you not to compare yourself with other people. Don't compare from what you are doing to other people's works. You, you must realize that you are doing God's work a lot differently than other people because you are different. When we, when we compare, God's work is not being undone. Therefore, it diminishes the work of God and people see it as nothing. And yes, when you're unhappy with the work of God, people see that too, because you should know that everyone around you watching you. So people see that and they feel discouraged and they want to give up. We don't want that. So in ministry, be careful to not compare yourself with others. 
Each of us are different members of the church, and each of us have different gifts, and therefore we do differently. So I am thankful when, when, when we are discouraged, we got God's word to encourage us. God's word will encourage you over again and again and again until you be encouraged. God encouraged, encouraged people in verse 4 to be strong. And it said, Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Again, God reminded them that he is with us. He is always going to be next to us. And he encouraged Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the people here at Tamahagai to be strong. Don't fall. God had motivated the people to rebuild the temple in chapter 1, verse 14. Now he strengthened them to continue to on building. The Lord again encouraged the people by urging the two leaders, Zerubbabel and Joshua, to take a firm action. God told them to be strong, which means to take courage, to follow a single, co- and all this courage, follow a command and work. See, in all of this, God promised again to be with them, and comparison uh, can, can be discouraging when doing God, the Lord's work. And for those who are involved in the Lord's work, you must remember that God is with you. You must remember that to be strong, to continue to walk one step in front of the other, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 said, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, and even unto the end of the world. Amen. So it doesn't matter what you, what you are doing for God. Whatever God calls you to do, it doesn't matter. There will be, be a time when you, be, when you get discouraged. But when you re- get discouraged, remember that God, God's word, is there for you to be encouraged again. Luke 137 said, For with God, no things shall be impossible. See, you and I need to hang on this promise. We need to be strong. We need to keep the faith. But God continued to encourage them by showing this, his faithfulness. Verse 5 in chapter 2 said, I call unto the word that I have covenanted with you, that ye came out of Egypt. So my spirit remained amongst you, fear ye not. So the restatement of the reality that God's spirit remained among his people is important here in this verse. Such reassurance was necessary, giving to Ezekiel early vision of the glory of the Lord abandoned in the Jerusalem temple prior to the Babylonians' exile in Ezekiel chapter 10. The restoration community needs to hear this reassurance. Sorry. God telling the people, don't fear because his spirit will stay within them. The people could identify with their forefather as they were departed from Egypt because they had recently departed from another captivity of Babylon. As the Lord hath been with the forefathers in the cloud, cloudy pillar of the, by day and the fiery pillar at night, God will be with them now. God will be with us now. 
He hasn't forget about us since the beginning of time. We too, we too needed this reminder today. Uh, we are now his people for those who are saved. And for those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior tonight, say amen. 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 Okay. You guys sleeping in me. But even though God people can uh, make mistakes, we, we can discourage each other. But the real question is, who are you? Are you the person who encouraged other, others and uh, or are you the person who discourages other people? If you are those who are nitpicking and comparing yourself to others about the work of Christ, you need to stop it. Comparing yourself to others, not only to diminish God's word, like I said earlier, but also discourage the people who you are currently serving with. So don't discourage the people of God. And for those who are being discouraged, what do you do when you are being discouraged? Are you reading God's word? Whether you are seeing the people of God being unhappy or even live through your curveball and remember upon the promise of God in his book, read it and you will be encouraged. So we, we see that God encouraged them in uh, these passages and now he's giving the people a meal for them to uh, look forward to, a future meal. No, it's not lobsters or crab leg or shrimp buffet, but something better. We're going to take a look at the promise of the future glory. In verse 6 and 9, uh, verse 6 to 9, we see that the people unfavorable comparison of the restore the temple with Solomon temple was counteracted um, with the God's assurance of ultimate success because of the further glory of God in the millennial temple. Haggai announced the future days of divine judgment of the nation and the promise that the second temple will surpassing Solomon's temple. But however, God told the people to wait, to wait a little bit longer. Verse 6 says, For this said the Lord opposed, yet why it is a little while. So the first part of chapter 6 said, the phrase, the phrase here is little, little while, means that there are going to be an imminent event which will occur in, sometime in the future. At this time, the people have waited for one event. So we, 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 need, we see that we have learned through the Bible that the second coming of Christ here, uh, in verse second uh, part of verse 6, it said, I will shake the nation of the earth and the sea and the dry land. The word shake here can be described as a quaking of violence, upheaval in a nature order, or simply an, an earthquake. This earthquake is a symbol of God's supernatural in, intervention. Isaiah 13 and 13, verse 13 said, Therefore I will shake the heaven and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in a day of his uh, fierce anger. And Amos chapter 8 verse 8 said, Shall not the land tremble for this, and uh, everyone mourn the dwelleth therein, and it shall rise holy as the flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. So when Jesus Christ returns on earth, the earth and the sky will be trampled, and we will know. Matthew 24, 29 to 30 said this, 
Immediately after the tribulation, for those days shall be the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the power of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear at the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all, tri- all the tribe of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So this event will affect not only uh, the natural order, not, not only the earth, but also every people on this planet. I got chapter 2, verse 7, uh, first part of verse 7 said, and I will shake all nations. This is God telling us, when Jesus comes again, everyone will know. Everyone will feel that he is coming back. He, he doesn't coming back just everyone's still asleep. Don't wake them up. He's he going to come back with a force that everyone would know, everyone recognize. The shaking of the nation go beyond the historical removal of the kingdom and the establishment of others, such as the defeat of the Persia by the Greece. But his, his return will upset the uh, poly, uh, political and government structure of the whole wide world, which is the one world government that they're trying to pass right now. He will be the judge of the nations. And then he set up his kingdom, which will never be destroyed. Hebrew chapter 12, verse 26 says, Those who, the, Whose voice then shook the earth, and now he has promised, saying, Yet one more I shake not the earth only, but also the heaven. So scholar had suggested that Jesus is gathering the nation for the battle of uh, Armageddon. This battle will shake heaven and the earth, but in the end, God's kingdom, which cannot be shaken, or in other words, his kingdom will never be, uh, be undefeated. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 said, Wherefore we receive the kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with the reverence and godly fear. See, God's kingdom will survive on the divine judgment in the end. And during this time, the adornment of the future temple will be provided by the nation's wealth. The nation surrounding Jerusalem will gladly give up all the treasures to adorn the temple by referring to the coming of the Messiah, which will be desired by all nations. Haggai chapter 2, uh, second part of verse 7, it said, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. So God promised that people uh, here, and uh, the, promised the people that he will fill the temple with glory. And the last part of verse 7 said, And I will fill his house with glory, and saith the Lord of hosts. So the temple is in view must be a millennial temple because in, in the futures, um, rather than the second temple, the restoration temple. This glory should be uh, the wealth that the nations will bring to it. Historically, the gold and the silver uh, of the lower temple will be uh, lost to the nation who conquered them. It's basically the spoil of war. Now later, a portion of these precious treasure will return by, to the Lord Temple by the nations around them when King Cyprus of Persia sent an inventory of the temple vessel back to Jerusalem. 
And the prophet Isaiah and Zechariah also have similar visions uh, of the wealth of the nation falling to into Jerusalem as an act of worship to God. The Lord reminded the people that He controlled all the silver and gold in the world. So He could cause the nation to bring the temple um, in the future, to bring all the gold and the silver back to the temple in the future. Verse 8 said, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, and said the Lord of hosts. So all the natural resources uh, will be available for you to in construct, uh, reconstructing the temple per His promise. This reminder, uh, this reminder would have encouraged the people as they continue to rebuild the temple because they are currently nitpicking why the temple is so ugly right now. So God promised it would look a lot better. God, God's go on in verse 9 telling the people that the temple will be greater than Solomon's temple. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 said, The glory of this uh, latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give you peace, saith the Lord of hosts. So even, even though the presence of the temple was less glorious than Solomon's temple, the Lord promised that the final glory of the new temple would be greater than its former glory. The Lord also promised to bring peace as, uh, to the site of the temple in Jerusalem. Now neither of these things have happened yet, uh, that is something that we also get to look forward to in the future. Uh, last thing, uh, lastly, that lasting peace will only come when Jesus returns to rule and to reign. You could have peace now, but it doesn't last forever. You could see that with Biden and the president. The Lord used these uh, occasions like the Feast of Tabernacle to encourage the builders of the Temple of Haggai's day. This feast looked back to the Exodus and reminded them that their wilderness wandering and anticipated settlement in the Promised Land. This had helped the Israelites uh, connect to their forefather and and, uh, and give them anticipated of the glory of future of the future temple. And they continued to rebuild the temple. So as as you can see, all this God constantly staying with them, and He continued. Uh, constantly give them encouragement words to his people. So when, when people o uh, obey God's will, he encouraged them. And when they are down, he cheered them on by telling them to be strong and to give, and his will give them joy. So which one are you? Are you a person who discouraged? Uh, are, are you a discourager? Or are you the person who encourage other people? Are you the person who constantly complaining and nitpicking and bring other people down? Or you are the people who, you're doing great. Keep on doing. Stand firm in the faith. So which one are you? God also gives us a glimpse of the future here in uh, Haggai chapter 2. And he promised us that what will happen in sometime futures, and, but he asked us to wait. So in this period of waiting, with no knowledge of what's coming into the end, when Jesus comes again, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit still on your couch at home and not tell your family, your neighbor, your friends about Jesus? 
So I encourage you that all that listen to God's word tonight, I encourage you to be an encourager today. Because when we encourage others, they will be lifted up and they will find strength in God and they will continue to do the Lord's work. I want, you to, I want to close with this. When he, was, when he was a young boy, the great painter Benjamin West decided to paint a picture of his sister while his mother was not at home. He got out a bottle of inks and uh, started, but soon had an awful mess. Who can relate it? Yeah, okay. His mother eventually returned, and of course, he saw the mess. Instead of scolding him, and like, uh, he picked him up uh, of the portrait and declared, What's a beautiful picture of your, your sister? And she kisses him. But later in life, he, when he gets famous, he said this, With that kiss, I became a painter. So I pray, I pray that you, are, you will choose to be an encourager tonight. And I pray that with the rest of your life, the rest of the week, you will find someone to encourage Because God encourages each of us every day.